everybody, it's your boy AK. We're back on the airwaves yet again. We still haven't got kicked off, and uh, it is episode six, and we have a brand new guest, as always, a brand new format, a brand new episode, as always. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, we have not only a special guest today, but we have our own Papiji in the studio in our presence today so everybody say your sasikal and uh, here is babni tour on the airwaves thanks what's for going me. thanks for having me but don't be too formal just pretend it's another facetime uh, uh call and it's uh, it's actually shorter than usual this is 45 minutes you've been capped off okay so you can't talk longer it's, it's than usual filtered conversation that's what it is Okay, okay. So for the 1% uh, of my uh, audience listening today that don't know who you are, why don't you tell them who you are? Um, my name is Babni Tour. Uh, I work as a entrepreneur and a spiritual healer. I own my own company called Buddha Beads. Uh, we work with gemstones and healing crystals. I work as a digital marketer. So I went to school for that, uh, currently freelancing, and I work with different companies. And I am also a uh, Reiki healing practitioner. Whoa, 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 dropping all the credits on us. Buddha Beats, you mentioned that. Uh, isn't that my Didi's company? Uh, <laughs> Didi and I started it together. Didi kind of ventured out her own way and I took it upon <laughs> myself and yeah we've been doing it ever since interesting interesting all right uh well you want to tell the people how uh we met since you'd love to get into that story all the time with your friends um we met through a photo shoot almost eight years ago um i had obviously known who amin was and I guess like he had maybe kind of known who I was through online, not really. Um, but yeah, we did a, we were asked to do a photo shoot together in BC and then one thing led to another and we've been together ever since. So essentially, AKA, you told me, hey, there's free merchandise or free gear involved and uh, you know the brown in me said, oh shit, free gear and I was totally down, right? Pretty much. Um, I was actually told, you know, good luck getting a hold of AK. It's pretty hard to get a hold of him. And then I shot you an email on behalf of the designer. And yeah, you got back to me pretty quick. Um, and the rest is history. Interesting, interesting. So I was supposed to do this photo shoot alone, apparently, and there you were photobombing it. What's that all about? No, the whole time I was supposed to be a part of it. Are you sure? Is that the story? Yes, that's the story. That's not what I heard. So then what's your version of how we met? No, I'm just making up stuff. I'm just trying to figure out what, what was really what. Okay, okay, okay. So when we met, what were you going through at the moment? Um, I was going through a really big shift, like spiritually, emotionally, physically. Um, I used to live on the island Victoria, in Victoria, so I had recently just moved back. 
Um, I was in between figuring out what I wanted to do in university. Um, I just kind of started freelance modeling at the time. Um, but most importantly, I was going through a spiritual awakening, I guess you could call it. And um, yeah, and then I happened to meet you and that spiritual awakening just grew. So you're saying I, uh, uh, I awoke your soul? Is that yeah, what you're saying? Yeah, well, the reasons my soul, I'm sure. Is that your translation? Yeah. Interesting. On the island, eh? What was that like? Uh, you went to, you said you went to the school on the island. Yeah. So I was in Victoria for only about a year before I moved back and transferred out here. But um, I mean, it was cool. At the time, there weren't very many brown people, so to be like the one of the only brown kids in a 200-person lecture was pretty interesting at the most. Um, I definitely got the freedom to explore myself, I guess you could say, um, but I'm super close with my family, so coming back home was the best decision for me um, at the time, and yeah. And I Honestly, the island was probably one of the top three places I went to in BC. Top three, hundred percent. Say what? My favorite thing about Victoria or the island? It was, it was the ferry ride. <laughs> uh, like the island, don't get me wrong, it was pretty boring in general. <laughs> but like the ferry ride was really majestic, same way as the the car drive uh, to uh, Whistler. Yeah, that's one of your favorites for sure. Yeah, yeah. So you told me what you do, which is uh, apparently like a hundred billion things. What do you want to do for the rest of your life, Boo Boo? Um, I just want to help people, whether that's spiritually, whether that's digitally through marketing their company whether that's you know mentally just by talking to them um, I find with everything that I do in life it's, it's one common thing is just I I try to help people so how are you gonna help people in the future when everything goes to shit as it is well I mean if they're looking at a at a business perspective like my goal as your digital marketer or our creative director is to help enhance the performance of your company so for example with the clients that i've worked with previously whether it's you know web development content design um or overall product development i kind of go in and i um they pick my brain on how i can help them uh enhance their performance overall um in the spiritual aspect um so i've been working with healing crystals for over five years now i've always kind of been um into crystals since i was really young I was that kid that would collect rocks and my parents thought I was crazy, but they let me do it. Um, and then uh, Reiki just kind of recently came into my life. So with Reiki healing, um, I'm able to not only help people um, open up their chakras, but explore uh, new avenues um, of spiritual healing that they maybe have never experienced before. Interesting. So it seems like you're balancing spirituality and the whole business aspect at the same time. Yeah, pretty much my goal was to be able to um, like combine them into into one and I did that through my company and uh, just growing that, continuing to grow that however I can. Interesting. 
So, uh, especially with uh, everything going on nowadays, like with Corona and everything, how has marketing gigs been recently? How's the how's the response been? So, have you been on the come up? I guess you could say. Is there more demand for marketers like you? In terms of marketing, like definitely when Corona hit, I would say there was a decline because obviously um, people's budgets were affected, people's overall businesses were affected. Um, but that gave me a chance to work on things such as my own healing, Reiki healing, um, enhancing the performance of my own business, spending more time on Buddha beads versus my client's business. So in a way, it was it was a perfect time for myself and my company to transform and grow. Um, in terms of my overall company performance, I guess with everything that's going on in the world, people started to um, turn to spirituality more and turn to good energy. And um, yeah, it just, you know, worked out hand in hand. And then the last couple months, since things are starting to slowly start up again, you know, like I've had um, previous clients reach out or people <coughs> inquiring about my services now that people are getting back to the norm and realizing that digital marketing is the way to go, especially now that everything's going online and seeing as um, doing things in person is no longer the norm. So that's interesting. Let's talk about the spirituality aspect. You're telling me you do Reiki or uh, what's it called? Uh, what's the per what's the Reiki? Reiki? So Reiki is a form so of So you're energy. telling me you're telling me you can do the healing without touching me? Yes, long I can do long distance healing, which Amun has experienced before. Um, so with long distance, it kind of works the same way as in person. Again, um, uh, you know, as a practitioner, I, I talk to my clients on, you know, what they're experiencing, any blockages, anything that in their life that they want to improve. And then from there, um, I take a look at their chakras, I'll, I'll scan them. Um, again, this can be done in person or from a distance. And then based on that, I'll provide healing uh, in areas that I think uh, need them more than others. That's interesting. That's interesting. You seem like you uh, like watch sacred games or been to like uh, Sadhguru's freaking intervention or something. It's just all the links you send me. I just watch them, I listen to them. Ooh, stealing all my links as usual. Okay, okay. Uh, so not only have I met your family, uh, you've been to my house as well, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, so what's my family like? Um, they're pretty much what you portray in your videos. It's funny because people ask me all the time, like, is Amit's dad really what? Um, Amin's dad character is like, and 110% my father-in-law is just like that. He is like a walking party, the best way I have to describe him. He's full of energy. He's one of my favorite people ever. Um, and his mom is just the complete opposite, which is awesome, because she's calm and she's balanced and she's more sane, I guess you could call her. Um, and then between both of those, we have your sister, who is a, a perfect mix of mom and dad. And um, for me, living with them has just been nothing but, um, you know, a learning experience, um, lots of fun, and just um, just comfort overall. Interesting. So my dad hasn't been uh, 
crazy or anything to handle? He's been like perfect, like he just got that perfect balance. I, mean, I wouldn't call him perfect. It took me a while to get used to him. Um, it's like I say to your sister all the time, uh, he does not have an off button. Uh, my parents are the complete opposite. They're calm, they're, you know, a bit more quiet. So um, going into a household where it's just like dad's, you know, on on mode all the time was a little bit difficult in the beginning. But again, it's, it's for me, it was better to have that vibrant energy than to not. Um, but yeah. Interesting. So if you had to explain for the viewers, what's your family like then compared to my family? What's like the pros and cons? Why don't you explain that? Because it would be biased for me to say what my family's like. What's my family like for you? And what do you find the differences between living in my household and yours? I feel like, like you said, your parents are way more calm. Uh, we have similarities in the sense that we have only sisters. I only have one, you got two. Um, like your household is obviously, like I said, more common. They just feel like every, honestly, when I came to BC, I felt like I could, in a sense, even though I didn't, I didn't want the freedom to that extent in, in the sense that I could do whatever I wanted, but I feel like your parents almost gave me that freedom. Whereas my parents always kept me almost in a box, I guess you could say, you know what I'm saying? So uh, I think your parents are very more uh, open-minded, uh, more uplifting in that sense, yeah. Totally, and I think uh, that's what worked for us is we had the best of both worlds. Like I definitely came from a household where my parents, you know, let me kind of, you know, experience more things. They were very much open-minded. They were very open to even, you know, you coming into the family very early on. Um, so it was really nice to grow up in that environment, but also for me going into a more traditional household, which is yours, it was, like I said, the best of both worlds because we're able to have that, that balance between both houses. And now that we've been together for so long, I think it's, it's a, it's a really good mix, um, on both ends. Yeah. What about just going back and forth, Toronto to BC, what's the pros and cons of living in each city? To be completely honest, when we first started going back and forth, I didn't like Toronto. Um, I'm wow. such an outdoorsy nature person, so Toronto's biggest flaw is definitely like the outdoors. You know, you guys don't have oceans, you don't have mountains, like barely trees. Um, but the more I started to travel to Toronto, the more I just started to fall in love with, you know, what it did have to provide. Um, the people in Toronto are just, they're dope. Um, the vibe is much different. Um, I would say it's more multicultural in the sense of, you know, there are maybe more ethnicities out there that you wouldn't find pockets of them here. Um, out in BC, I find we're kind of more segregated into, you know, the Asians are in one spot, the Indians are in one spot, whereas in Toronto, um, everyone's just kind of all over the place. Uh, which is cool. Interesting. So if you had to live somewhere, where would it be? Where are you going to live? Um, if it was up to me, I mean, I'd be in both spots because I both are equally my home. But 
uh, Toronto is, I know, where home will be for us in the future. So you want to live in Toronto? Is that what you're saying? I, I thought that's what we were doing. Oh, we have it, ladies and gentlemen. We are living in Toronto. It's on the airways. It's being recorded. You always said uh, one day we would come to the mountains and always live there, but uh, seems like you are really a, a fan of Toronto these days, Bubba No. I think it's because, uh, especially like being out there for the last six months and like, you know, being in lockdown out there, um, I got to really grow in a different way. So I have this newfound love for Toronto. However, Vancouver will always be home. I, I definitely cannot like not be here for more than, you know, a couple of months. So um, I know for us, we'll be going back and forth a lot. And you know, once traveling is an option for work-wise, for you and I, we'll be traveling a lot. But um, Toronto is definitely home. Yeah, so you were in a lockdown quarantine with my dad. What was that like? Um, <laughs> it was fun. It was exhausting. It was um, informative. It was uh, the best of both worlds. Um, definitely unexpected. Uh, you and I are used to like, you know, working from home and being at home. So it wasn't anything new for you and I, but for dad, it was definitely new for him because he had gone from um, not only just traveling, but he was consistently working his whole life. So for him to be home, he was just itching to do something all the time. Um, but it, it was cool because he got to, um, you know, he got to venture out into new hobbies and he was always doing something new every day. And whether it got on our nerves or not, uh, he always had a new project to show us. That's true. So if uh, there's another lockdown and uh, he, there's no airlines ever, like what's gonna happen then? How are, you gonna, how are we gonna see each other? Well, no, then we would just have to use like what we do already, FaceTime, uh, you know, on like Zoom, otherwise like drive across the country. That was, that was something that yeah. we had talked about. Yeah, you're not gonna meet me halfway? Saskatoon? Saskatoon? We can meet in Saskatoon. You don't want to meet halfway? I mean, that was always the thing about getting married, getting married in Saskatchewan, but no, that's not going to happen. Yeah, but I'm just saying, if there's literally another lockdown, what's going to happen then? He, he, are you willing to make the trip? Are you willing to make the trip? Because I was out there for six months. Yeah, we've been saying we want to go to Banff. So then let's do it. So see you in Banff? We'll see you in Banff. But that's not halfway for you, but all right, I'm going with it. See, uh, see, I'm always making things easier for you, Bob. All right, let's just say coronavirus gets cured and everyone takes the vaccine willingly, no problem, in your dreams. Uh, where, what country do you want to visit next? Where do you want to go? I definitely would love to do Europe. I have not done um, any of Europe, actually. Um, you were out there about what, two years ago now, so um yeah i would love to do europe asia is definitely on my list um although i love 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 new york i don't know how i feel about going back to the u.s but why, you know why why europe though what's the fascination with europe um the art the culture uh the scenery 
Greece has always been on my list and you know that. What's um, your fascination with Greece? I don't know, it's just from what I've seen, it's beautiful. I love the food, I love the culture. Um, so Punjab is nice, Apani and Sabjian are fucking lovely too. When we'll definitely make a trip to Punjab because that's on our list to do together. Okay, anywhere else? Ah, uh, Thailand for sure. Um, uh, my family and I love going to Hawaii, so we'd love to go back very soon as well. Interesting. Things you want to do and things you want to, places you want to go. Why don't you explain to people what's on your vision board in front of me that I'm going to put onto the screen right now with my editing skills. What's, uh, what's on your vision board for uh, 2020 and uh, how far along are you, Babano? Um, my vision board from what I can remember, definitely like enhancing my body, mind and soul. Uh, focusing on spirituality is one of the first things I did. I put on there, um, maintaining a good balance between my, my diet and uh, my exercise. That was on there as well. Um, I had Forbes on there. That's definitely still on my list in terms of being an entrepreneur and working with businesses. Um, I had, uh, I think something to do with my business on there, Crystal, so growing that. Um, I know I had New York and LA on there. Uh, those are two of my favorite places to not only visit, but to work as well. Um, and I honestly can't remember what else I had on there. That's no problem because I just WhatsApped it to you. So why don't you go through the rest, Babano? Okay. <laughs> What did you miss there? What's that CNTR oh, about? What's that family doing there? So I had me and you on there for sure. Um, I had my parents on there because uh, they're definitely the, the main parts of my heart. I had uh, me working on there. Um, I had a picture of traveling. It looks like that's either Thailand or some kind of tropical spot. And then I have some pictures of women that inspire me, Rosalia and Beyonce, because I think they're just badass women uh, with incredible fashion sense. And that's something that I aspire to be. So do you think you're Queen Bee sometimes? I am Queen, Queen Bee. Bee. Queen Bee in the making? I'm so on your vision board, anywhere there is, does it say that we're gonna get married anytime soon, Babano? Um, there's a picture of me and you, and there's definitely a plan for marriage. So uh, but I don't think this year because it's also this year's right off. This year? What about next year? What about next year? I guess next year is gonna be like loaded with all the backup from this year, right? Okay, but then what about 2022. I mean, it's an option. It's an option. You're putting it out there? I'm putting it out there. Are you putting it out there? We're putting our intentions out there. Are we exposing too much? Maybe. All right, all right. It's not like we're sending Zoom invites already. People know what's up. <laughs> um, so when are we getting married then? Do you have a plan on it? And how's it going down? 
Is it going to be halfway in Saskatoon, Winnipeg? No, no, it's going to be in Vancouver. Why Vancouver? Sure. Uh, because Vancouver is home, and traditionally, to you. The, the the groom side always has to come to the bride side because you're taking the bride home, or so in all culture. Um, but yeah, I just uh, with with the kind of wedding that I know you and I want to have, I think Vancouver has that to offer. And um, your parents are totally on board with having it out here. They had no rejections at all to um, to doing it out here. So yeah. It's going to be in the mountains? It's going to be hopefully up on the mountain. In the mountains, on the mountains, in the clouds, essentially. Mm -hmm. Where no one can see, and hopefully, you know, the Zoom link still passes through there. Yeah, that's going to be an issue. Will the Wi Fi work there? Maybe. Or we can just get drone footage. Is this recorded, eh? Yeah. I don't think our relatives in India will be happy with that. Well, maybe we can, you know, do a next day edit and send it their way or something. <laughs> I believe I have a couple more questions, but uh, do you want to keep going or what's the issue? Like, I have like a hundred more questions. I think it's time I ask you some questions. Oh, do you want to, do you want to flip it on me? Yeah. You want to, you want to interrogate me? I think your audience and your friends definitely want to, want to know what I, some questions that I have for you. Some questions. Okay. Okay. Go ahead, madam. Okay. So my first question for you would be, how did you know that I was the one? How did I know you were the one? Well, it took uh, a, a couple, I guess you could say, dates. But honestly, even with the dates and after what we did, I guess you could say I figured out you were the one when you were not in the picture, I guess you could say. Because like my, my life already was going to shit. And as soon as you came into my life, it was beautiful. But, uh, you know, I guess you could say we had our little tri tribulations. And uh, as soon as I guess you could say you went out of my life, or would drift out, everything would go to shit again. So I realized then that you were the one. What's the toughest part about being in a long distance relationship? Uh, the toughest part is obviously the distance. So like, obviously, like for example, my sister's birthday is coming up next week. You can't be here. So that sucks. And my birthday is the next week. So you can't be here for that. So that sucks. So you can't be here for all our occasions and events. And then what would you say is the best part about being in a long distance relationship? <laughs> to be honest, I'm a pretty independent guy and I, I like my time and space. And so I, I like being by my by myself, to be honest. So uh the best part is that like i guess we can independently grow and figure out who we really are okay um what makes us similar and what makes us different um the fact that we have only sisters like i said 
Uh, the fact that we're Punjabi Sikh, not a lot of people or people that are in relationships even get to experience that, to be honest. Nowadays, so many mixed relationships nowadays that not many people even uh, are in relationships that are into their caste or their relationship, which is cool. But the fact that obviously we're in the same, it has, you know, similarities in that sense. Um, what makes us similar to the fact that we're both, I guess you could say, online? Not a lot of people uh, put themselves online. Uh, not many people want to make even a profile online, let alone even engage online and do something online. So that's something. What's your favorite memory with me and why? Uh, like I said earlier, just going like to the island on the on the ferry ride. Uh, going to uh, <laughs> Whistler, just driving up there. That felt like a video game, to be honest. Okay. Um, what was a time where you were most proud of me and why? Uh, when I used to come to the gym for the first time and I used to uh, realize that you were working with kids. Um, then uh, I remember recently that you went, you graduated, so that was dope. I remember coming with your family. How have I changed your life? Besides obviously the basics, but in other ways, how have I contributed to your growth? Yeah, like I said, when I when I met you, I guess you could say I was going through a rough time and uh, right after that, and I guess you could say you kind of brought me back up to recalibration of where I should be. And then after that, it was growth, right? So uh, I guess like every moment after that was to be honest, growth every day every time we went out and whatnot every time we uh, we did an event and you helped out it was all growth and every time you had uh, a pop-up event or whatever it was it was all growth um what are some difficulties we faced as a couple and how did we overcome them I guess a lot of the difficulties came down to the distance and the miscommunication, to be honest. And then how do we overcome that? Um, <laughs> the trials and tribulations through just going through the same thing over and over, to be honest, like I was moving all, all over the, all over, to be honest, I was doing so many events and I guess I was just traveling all over and you got pretty used to it. And we would try to FaceTime whenever we could. So that helped out. I mean, and you pretty much made it a routine to hey, kind of make communication a pretty vital part of the relationship. So, yeah. Because that's really all we had to work off of was, I guess, the communication, right? From being in long distance. Yeah. Um, do you want children? And does the idea of having children scare you? Um, yeah, I guess like uh, technically if you look around, everyone wants children, right? And uh, everyone wants to uh, have a dynasty and leave something behind. And honestly, I, I guess that was a, and that recently has been coming back into my mind. But uh, yeah, like I, I honestly, 
I, I honestly take everything as time comes. So I'm a pretty realistic guy. Like you said, you've been through Reiki and whatnot. So I remember doing Reiki myself with someone and they said, you're pretty a realistic guy. You kind of talk to the creator and you come right back to the ground and you're a really realistic guy. And I remember just taking that into heart. So, um, and I also say, um, I remember that a scientist, he was also a physicist. He, uh, I remember him quoting someone, like honestly you could take it as you want, but uh, he said that if uh, you're trying to have kids <laughs> now, in 2000, whatever it was back then, it seems like, I guess you could say, you're pretty uh, egotistical and selfish. And I thought about it that in a way, I'm like, whoa, that's pretty weird. Like, you know, like, you know, scientists and physicists are saying like, yo, having kids is fucked up. But then you think about it on a conscious level, look at the world right now, right? Right, Bob? We got about 7 billion, 8 billion people, a lot of them kids, right? Most of them, half of them probably don't even have a place to live, or sorry, don't even have resources to eat and whatnot, have a, even a clean source of water. And I guess you could say half the world has gone to shits, right? And I used to honestly think about that and I came to terms that half, that whole population are my kids. They, they are my population. And until we can take care of the world, who are we to bring in more? Who are we to come in and overpopulate this world even more? Even though there's room for everybody, but who are we to not take a care of what's currently happening on uh, the current circumstance. So like I said, I, I really do consider everyone my own child and my own children and my own, everyone, my own parents and my own grandparents. And I really look at everyone. If you're a real empath, you would really understand what I'm saying right now. And uh, yeah, until you can really figure out what's really going on right now uh, uh, and figure it out, uh, then I feel like, yeah, 100%, I would bring in kids. 100%, it seems like this world is destined for de like bliss. 100%, I would bring in kids to this world. But as of right now, seems like uh, the world ain't really uh, the uh, destiny or the uh, fantasy that you thought it would be, right? So uh, I really do take it uh, upon myself to say that uh, I'm in charge to take uh, control of the Earth's consciousness and uh, take control of all, you know, just make sure all the youth of uh, humanity are doing okay before we have kids. What is your favorite thing about my family? Your favorite thing about my family, like I said earlier, is like the fact that they're uh, more calm and that they're more accepting and obviously they were more open-minded. Do you think if um, they were not that way, it would have made it difficult for us to be in a relationship? Um, definitely. I feel like, uh, like for example, if both of our parents were strict to the bone, <laughs> yeah, like it wouldn't have worked, right? 100%. Yeah.
because definitely the biggest factor for us was like right from the Greco, both both sets of parents knew that we were together and we didn't really need to hide anything. And I think that's what made it easier for us to evolve and for us to grow and for us to date is because we had two supportive families that let us explore that. And not a lot of people have that opportunity. Um, okay, so my last question for you would be, what's something that most people don't know about me? Um, I guess most people don't know about your past, so which would be the fact that you were into gymnastics and you only recently let go of it and you were like a, a pretty uh, high acclaimed coach, I guess you could say and that you're still wanted on the streets, apparently. <laughs> I don't know about that, but yeah, I do have a long history with gymnastics. Yeah, yeah. I remember you used to bring me to the co uh, the gyms and stuff, and that was the first couple times uh, you were going taking me from Richmond to Surrey and mm -hmm. just showing me where you were coaching all these kids and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I feel like not a lot of people even know about that, so why don't you tell them how long you've been uh, <laughs> into not only gymnastics, but cheer? Um, so I started gymnastics when I was like maybe seven or eight, which for a regular gymnast is pretty late because most gymnasts, uh, especially if they do competitive gymnastics, start pretty early around like four or five. Um, so I was in gymnastics till I was about 14 and then I got the opportunity to coach. So I started shadow coaching when I was about 14, 15, and then by 16, I was coaching on my own. So through high school, I was like, you know, after high school, I would go straight to the gym and I would coach kids. Um, so I coached for about 10 years. Um, I coached uh, all ages. So from like 18 months to like, you know, 18 years old. Um, so that was pretty awesome. My kids traveled um, all over North America. Um, and that definitely um, played a big role as to who I am now and what I do. Um, and then uh, when I was around 15, I got into competitive cheerleading. So um, it's not like the sideline cheerleading that you see, you know, on TV football games. It's uh, the competitive cheerleading. So I went to the World Championships, which was in Orlando, Florida. Um, so that was pretty cool to experience that. Um, but yeah, that was a big part of my life and I was glad that I got to share that part with you. Uh, that's pretty cool. Like, uh, it got pretty competitive at one point, you said, right? Like you were at where? At a, you said you went to somewhere to compete. Where was it? So for cheerleading, I went to um, Orlando, Florida. We competed at the <laughs> World Championships. So there were teams from all over the world. There was like teams from Thailand and London and Beijing and the US. And there were university teams and then there were like international club teams. So we were one of the club teams that represented Canada essentially. And so in order to go to the World Championships, you need to get a bid, kind of like a golden ticket. So our team got a bid. And we went out there and um, it was one of the coolest things I ever got to experience. We got to um, compete in Disneyland at the ESPN uh, World Center. Um, and not only that, but like being a an Indian woman and being in sports where not a lot of Indian women are represented, I think that was really important to me um, to 
not only experienced that, but a lot of my best friends now are from my my sports background. Um, so that played a really big role in my life for for almost like 20 years. That's cool. So uh, what would be your advice to uh, couples in relation, uh, long distance relationships? Um, communication is the most important thing. When you can't uh, like physically see someone and you can't physically be with them every day, um, it's important to keep communication strong. Um, space is also important. So being able to maintain both. And I think that's why you and I worked as obviously we, we were forced to, to have space from each other because we technically live in different parts of the country. Um, but uh, not only playing off that, but being able to trust as well, trust yourself and trust your partner and um, trust that, you know, the other person is giving as much effort and as much love and um, as much support. All right, there you have it. From the love guru, from Surrey, ladies and gentlemen, back to letting you know how to maintain long distance relationships. And if you need any uh, healing crystals that let your girl know and she will be sending them out internationally, we're talking. All right, so um, what about like when we started dating? Uh, how did you, how, how did your parents handle it? How did you throw it on your parents? So my parents knew of Amin as AK, obviously from his online videos. Uh, when we first started dating, actually, the first couple of weeks, um, my sister had an event and I had, I took Amin just as a friend because we were still friends at that point. And um, he met my family then and it was very casual. And then, uh, you know, a couple months into us dating, um, I had just, you know, brought him up again and said, you know, my friend AK is going to come by. and. My parents are pretty in tune with me, so they knew that it was more than just, you know, we were more than just friends. And actually, funny enough, how Amit started staying over um, and spending more time with the family was it was my mom. She, one night, um, I picked him up from the airport and uh, we were gonna head over to his friends where he was staying at the time. And my mother was the one who actually said, hey, you know what, it's getting late. Uh, we've got an extra room in the house. Why don't you just, why don't you stay? And I had not expected that from my mother, but she, her and my dad were very, very open with it. And I think the only reason they were open with it is they were very comfortable with Amin. Um, they very much, you know, respected him and they just picked up really good energy off of him. Um, and since that day, he has been part-time living here since. Um, but yeah, in all honesty, overall, it, it was not a difficult conversation for me. Um, my parents made it easier only because that's the kind of people that they are. They're very loving, they're very open-minded. Um, you know, obviously they had their concerns. They wanted us to just, you know, take our time and not get caught up in things and just be, um, you know, be cautious of things. But overall, they were they were very supportive, even when we had, some hiccups um i felt comfortable enough talking to them and they were again super supportive and just 
very cool with it and they they let us grow and they gave us our space and they gave us our privacy and Amund's parents did the same thing and I think that's why we are able to be the way that we are. Yeah, that is true. I mean, uh, I guess our, you could say our parents have definitely given us uh, a lot of leniency and uh, privileges that most parents do not. Mm -hmm. Would you agree? I think so. And I think what was super important for us was from the get-go, you and I knew we were in it for the long run. So it's not like we were wasting any time or we were, you know, playing games kind of a thing. And I think because we knew that about each other, it was easier for both sides of our families to just fully accept it. It wasn't kind of like, are you sure? It was like, no, we're sure. We're just, you know, building and growing together. Um, so that's why it was, it was a lot more comfortable for both sets of parents. And then what really made a big difference for us was the fact that we live together. So when, you know, Amin's out in BC, he's with my family sometimes, um, if he's not with his friends. And when I'm out in Toronto, I'm with his family. And living with each other and spending time with the families really helped us grow as, not only as a couple, but as a family. And um, it's pretty cool to see how close our families are now. Like my sister was just out in Toronto and she spent a lot of time with your family and your sister. and. Um, it's really nice to be able to have that. Yeah, I really feel like we cheat the system in the sense that we already started living with each other before we were supposed to. And honestly, that should be um, acceptable to some extent in the sense that you should be able to go to your fam's house and see what they're all about and see what you're getting into, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think also for both of us, like, it was also the first time either of us have brought someone home. So both of our families knew it was the real deal. Um, so for them, it was just like, okay, are you in it for the long run? If you're in it for the long run, we're cool with it. And then not only just growing with our immediate family, but growing with like our extended family, our cousins, our mussies, our musters, our judges, and um, getting to know them. And uh, that really helped you and I grow as people. That is true. Um, so what's on your 2020 vision board? Uh, on my 2020 vision board, to be honest, uh, I I really want to make a web series by the time, like around September-ish time, so around my birthday, around back to school time. Uh, I'm trying to work on a web series, which would technically be like a TV web series. So, um, like AKTV taken to like a next level. <laughs> so yeah, that's what I'm working on for like the fall season, I guess you can say. AKTV, but on a, on a TV level, like where it's not even on my channel anymore. It might be on T-Series, it might be on Amazon, it might be on Netflix. Like who knows, to be honest. I'm not even on most meetings. I'm not even in control. Who is in control? Someone's there. Someone's handling it. Yeah, I mean. Where do you see yourself in five years? Uh, honestly, 
five years. I hope everyone's doing just good and Godores uh, <laughs> are open again. And <laughs> honestly, I just hope like uh, not only the show's doing good, but I'm working on bigger projects like the movie and just like I guess back on tour again. Hopefully, everything's good with the with the world. But even if it isn't, like I've been a, a pretty, uh, I've been able to make things work just like from my room, to be honest. So I think I'm gonna make things work, whether it's a movie, whether it's a show, and I think I'm gonna be able to do it right here in the hood, to be honest. Uh, but in five years, honestly, Sardar Vyata ho jana ho do tak 2022, and then. To be honest, I, hopefully we're just moving around. Hopefully we're just like getting stuff done. And uh, I don't know, maybe children are in the equation by then too. Um, just touching on you and I, do we work together? How do we work together? We work together by you FaceTiming me every day and you letting me know every part of your day. So technically I'm in your life. And what about like on a professional level in terms of our careers? I mean, yeah, like I think it goes vice versa. Everything like everything you're doing with your life, you pretty much throw on me and everything I'm doing with my life, I'm throwing on you. So obviously it's going back and forth, you're throwing all your marketing advice on me and I'm throwing all my creative and I guess business, whatever advice I got <laughs> on you. And for the people that don't know, um, when Emma and I are together, a regular day for him and I is waking up, having some fruit, working out and we get to work. and. Especially when we're in quarantine, um, I have my own little office space and he's got his little space and we work separately for a couple hours and every now and then one of us will walk over to the other person, throw some ideas, check in how the other person's doing. Um, and then when we're in BC, it's the same thing. Sometimes we're at a coffee shop, again, pre-quarantine um, or working out of a cafe and then usually by the evening time, you know, we'll, we'll have dinner and then, uh, you know, we're doing some kind of an activity. So I guess it really, it, it helps us connect in that sense that we both work from home. Um, and it's, yeah, it's nice that we're able to just like bounce ideas off of each other. Like there are many times where in the middle of you working, you'll just come over and you'll, you'll show me something or you'll ask me something and vice versa. I'll come over and I'll do the same for you. Or let's say we're working with people. You have, you know, a friend over or, or a client over or somebody that you're talking to. Um, I'm in my space, but I think that's what also helps us um, in our relationship grow is that not only are we growing, you know, personally, but professionally together as well. Yeah, it's a jing and jing balance, right? Mm -hmm. For the most part, I don't think, like, I get a, a lot of the times when I run into, like, let's say your fans or people in general, they ask me, like, what is Amun really like? Um, a lot of people ask me, like, is he very talkative? Is he just like his videos, very upbeat? To be completely honest, no. He's very much 
calm. He's very much um, in his own world, but in a really good way. Um, he's very much balanced, but he has a really good way of being able to, um, I guess, switch on his AK personality when he needs to and switch off and be Amin. And he's able to balance both really nicely. Um, so that works because I find with some people that have a really big following, um, balancing a personal life and a professional life is hard. But for Amin, he kind of does it in a way where he's he's just authentically himself. Um, but obviously, you know, in front of the screen and on the mic, he's a bit more energetic and behind it, he's more so himself. He's just this gentle butterfly is the way that I see him. Gotcha. Too much exposed, Hogyajikal. Interrogation interview, Ajikal. We don't even know what's going on through the Sari auto bibliography. Sari expose karti ekedi Ajikal. Well, if anyone's gonna give them a rundown of what you're like, it better be, you know, the person who's on the receiving end. Mm -hmm. All right, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. We are reaching near the end. Uh, time limits are always keeping us uh, in uh, constraint. So, uh, episode uh, six, AK Causing Ruck is coming to an end with the wifey. Uh, Bubby, you want to say anything uh, for closing? Uh, are you going to... I mean, I sent you the Zoom invite, but are you going to be sending uh, 50,000 people the Zoom invite for our wedding or what? I mean, if Zoom allows it, might as well. Hopefully there's another better technology by then. Nummy technology, we are waiting for you. Maybe we might discover it. Who knows? Silicon Valley, Punjabi edition coming soon, right? Right. Shalom. All right, Bhavneet. Thank you for uh, coming to the episode six of AK Causing Ruckus. And uh, I will call you in five minutes. And I think we'll be talking longer than 45 minutes. And uh, we will talk about the, all the sneak peeks that nobody else can uh, discuss. So, uh, thank you from east to west, Canada Connect right here. Uh, thank you, Bhavneet, for uh, coming on board. And uh, I know you wanted to do this not only for my fan base, but for me, for everybody. And I uh, hope everybody enjoyed uh, this little segment. And uh, maybe there will be a part two next month. Who knows? Thanks for having me.